Holla, you, yeah, you say, they watch how I move, yeah, you say, they watch how I move, yeah, you say, they watch how I move, yeah, you say, they watch how I move. I really run it up, baby. If the topic is money, I'm coming up. She gon' sell to our power without coming up. On the man in the front, you the real. We're back in the break room. Me, Charles Carter. And we got somebody new here, man. We got Evan Schumer, my guy. Go and talk to him, man. What's going on, break room world? This your boy, Evan Schumard. I'm a Sam Houston graduate, class of 2020, working here uh, at ESPN 97.5 with the big boy, Mr. Charles Carter. Man, the big boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, uh, tell him what you do. Tell him. What all you got going on? I know you. Well, we've we, me and Evan, we've called some games together back at Sam Houston. Uh, but and I'm not going to tell me your resume. You can tell me your resume, man. Oh yeah, yeah. You know I'm a jack of all trades. I do it all, man. Uh, main thing is uh, I do play by play. You know I'm trying to become an analyst one day. So um, you know big aspirations on that side of things. Um, big thing I'm uh, really proud of is I'm a first uh, generation college graduate. So uh, you know trying to put on for my family and uh, applause sound effect. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so man, I'm just uh, out here trying to grind, bro. That's just got my nose to the grindstone. I'm just working, man. Okay, cool, man. Hey, look, appreciate you for coming on, man. I know I kind of dropped it to you like a while back. Um, also, for the people who, well, hey, yeah, you guys don't know, um, Will probably will not be joining us for the show again, but he is moving on to other things. Um, so if you still, if you some of you guys follow him, continue to follow him, checking him out. He's working with a golf network. So uh, those who don't know, those who do know, he played golf in high school. I think IMG Academy, and he's a he's a golf guy. He's a golf guy. Knows other sports, but he's a golf guy. So you know, keep following him, support him, et cetera, et cetera. We wish him the best, uh, the best of wishes on his future endeavors. So we were talking about something earlier, completely unrelated to sports. We were talking about top five albums of the decade, right? And yes. so. Um, hold on, what was your list again? Oh man, uh, I don't know if I ever gave you that fifth one, but um, I had said Good Kid Mad City by oh, Kendrick. Facts, I'm with it. Carter Four by Lil Wayne. You surprised me with that one. Yep, hey, we went through Carter it. Too. Four hey, Carter Four was hard. Carter Four was hard. Carter Four got some bangers, bro. Hey, uh, DS2 by Future. Okay, yeah, I'm with that one. I uh, I threw in 2014 Forest Hills Drive by J. Cole. <laughs> had to, bro. That, that's, I, can't, I can't argue with it. That one, yeah. And then that fifth one, I was. I don't know. It's kind of hard to put that uh, that last one down. I'm not going to lie. There's just so much music that came out. Like, even though Kanye, you know, went on like a crazy tirade to go on. He, he, he still did. had great music. Like, I know you said Dark Twisted Fantasies. Like, that one was a great album. Like, Life of Pablo was Life really Pablo, good, yeah. too. Um, man, I, I, I still would probably put uh, two Kendrick albums in there. Uh, Pimp the, Butterf uh, Pimp Pimp the Butterfly. Butterfly. Yeah. That one, bro. Like, that we were talking about earlier, that one's just a, a masterpiece, bro. Like, bro. everything about it. It's like you had to be, I want to say you had to be smart to even understand the album. But like, I remember back when it first came out, people was like, oh man, Pimple Butterfly, that's their church music, man. I don't even care about this other stuff. But like, okay, from my, mine was, to, uh, not to Pimple Butterfly, Good Kid, Mad City. Uh, not in any order, but Good Kid, Mad City. Uh, DS2, uh, Mastermind by Rick Ross. Um, Forever's a Mighty Long Time, Big Crit, and Coloring Book uh, by... Big crit. Very slept on. Very, Boy, very slept on. Extremely slept on, man. Like, I can, don't get me started on that. I'm going to go on a whole <laughs> rant about Big Crit, man. He's really like, he's really like top five of people that haven't even heard him rap. But uh, Coloring Book, like I said, you say you can argue with that more so mine was because was it was just different. I wasn't expecting that from Chance. Yeah. Coming after acid rap and all that, but... 
Yeah, man, that was. You said you, you couldn't really come up with a fifth one. Yeah, if I had to throw uh, another one in there, I would put uh, "To Pimp a Butterfly." To Pimp a Butterfly. It okay. is. It is just. Everything about that album, bro, like from like the concept of it, you know, the the progression of the poem that he wrote all the way to like that Tupac interview he had at the end, like and then just the music itself, bro, is beautiful, yeah. bro. It's just a it's a vibe, man. Like you, you can't go wrong with any song on there, bro. Nah, facts. He speaks to a lot of truth on there too, you know, a lot of things that people don't want to hear but they need to hear, you know? He does. Like on all his albums. Yes, yes. We were just talking about fear on down. Yeah. Masterpiece. Fear. Masterpiece, but uh, okay. So like, hey, so break up with the show. How it's gonna go this time? We're gonna go some NBA. We're gonna get into some well, NBA playoff stuff. Talk about some baseball, Astros specifically, and then football. Then who's hot, who's not? You guys know the breakup. You know the rundown. You know how it's gonna go. So anyway, going into the first thing about NBA, CP3. Out with COVID protocols, he was out for game one, also out for game two. And I think resources said he would be coming back for game three. The series is now 2-0 with the Suns, right? Suns up 2-0 against the um, Clippers. Clippers, there we go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do they even, okay, do they even need Chris, Chris Paul? You know, it's going to sound kind of bad, but I feel like they don't at this point. Like, even though, like, game two is so, so close. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the end of that game was absolutely wild. You know, DeAndre Ayton, man, he, he's becoming something. Bro, he's he's coming evolving. into his true form. Yeah, like, he, he just keeps getting better and better. And, you know, that, that team, that just, I think it shows a lot of what, like, Chris Paul did coming to Phoenix. You know, he completely changed the um, the atmosphere, you know, the morale of the locker room. Like, these dudes went from just, like, you know, Devin Booker, you know, he had some some uh, some really good uh, games before, and, you know, he's he's gotten a lot of attention. But Chris Paul just, like, elevated that team to a different level. And I think that his coaching in itself is, like, enough of an impact to where, like, if he doesn't play the rest of the series, I'm confident that they can still win. But getting, getting him back, I mean, I feel like that would almost – I'm not going to say certify a sweep, but if they continue just to play where they were at, adding Chris Paul to it, yeah, they're definitely going to win the series. Facts. Okay, so this is what I feel like Chris Paul gave them. Chris Paul gave them not only just leadership, but he gave them confidence. Like, Devin Booker has been a walking bucket since he came into the league. Like, he, mm-hmm. I forgot what year he scored. Like, a 70, he had a 70-point game. Mm-hmm. But Devin Booker has been a scorer since he came in. And DeAndre Aiden has kind of just been a... He's been a guy, a talented guy that we've always kind of known, like, he's going to be the guy one day. You know what I mean? Kind of like yeah. what, what people thought Clint, Clint Capella was going to be in Houston, but he never did because he was like, oh, it's going to be a year. But it was going to be his year five years in a row. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, hopefully that's not DeAndre Aiden, but Chris Paul to me, like, he's given, he's given them confidence. And the fact that this is the problem I thought it was going to be with them. I thought with Chris Paul being out, I thought the problem was going to be since he's not there, they relied on him so heavily just for like you know leadership and influence and mm-hmm. all that. that. He's their floor general. Yeah, he runs that offense exactly. And so I thought that was going to be the problem. I thought since he wasn't there, their young-mindedness was kind of going to be the issue with facing somebody like Paul George. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? An experienced vet who can still play well. Even though last show, I look, I'll come clean. I'll come clean. I was the guy who said Paul George isn't. He can't be your guy. You know what I mean? But hey, he proved me wrong with these <laughs> these past few games, man. He's been balling. But um, he's still losing, though. That's the thing. He is like losing. Pandemic P is still intact right now, and nobody can tell me different until this dude can take his team 
to where they need to go. Because even without Kawhi, like, I don't think the expectation from, I mean, for, for them, obviously their expectation is to still win a championship, but like for the rest of the world and the media, like, everybody's kind of written them off. Yeah. If Paul George can hoop good and, and win, then I think all this whole pandemic piece stuff will just kind of go out the window. Okay. But him missing those two free throws. Yeah. Those, yeah. those, those were killer. Yeah, they were. Because that would have been the game right there. It would have been it. But man, it is what it is, man. Speaking to the other the other series, the series of what had just ended. Well, the Hawks and the uh, Milwaukee just playing right now. Mm, yeah. They got game one going right now. Yep. Yeah, so, okay. Sixes and the Hawks. The fall of Ben Simmons, the one who was predicted to be the next LeBron with no shot. Man, people say he's really going to be the next LeBron coming out of college. But Ben That's Simmons. Farcical. Crazy. So, what do you think the uh, six to do with Ben Simmons? Well, just like Doc Rivers, you know, just said, you know, he, yeah. he might be on his way out too. Ben Simmons. Doc, do you think Ben Simmons can, can still be a point guard for, for a championship team like the one you guys want to become? Yeah, David, I don't know that question or the answer to that right now. Um, you know, so I don't know the answer to that. I don't, he, you can't win a championship with Ben. Like, yeah. I, I feel like Ben Simmons is so limited that. If he doesn't find a way, I'm not even saying he's got to develop like a three point shot to where he's got to be like, you know, James Harden stepping back, doing crazy yeah. stuff, creating off the dribble. He doesn't have to do that. If he can find a way to create a consistent like mid range game off like a pick and roll with Joel Embiid, that'll just elevate this offense to a whole new heights. But he, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't even take a, a shot in the fourth quarter. In like majority of the games in that series, like his confidence is broken. So I think his time in Philadelphia has, um, Thing. I think it's just about up. I feel, I feel like he's definitely going to be a, a trade candidate this year. I'm not sure what his trade stock is, though. That 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 is a good uh, yeah. good question for you, though. What, what do you think his trade stock is? Okay. After that series, like, I don't know who in their right mind would want Ben Simmons. Like, Ben Simmons had took five shots for eight points in game seven. Like, and then no shots in the fourth quarter. That, that's inexcusable for somebody getting paid that much. And then mm-hmm. for somebody trying to build around you and Joel Embiid, you being a second piece, that's kind of inexcusable. So... But if I were to trade or try to build off of, if I was a Sixers manager, uh, Daryl Moore, if I was trying to make the team of what I have and try to move Ben Simmons, this is what I would do. I would try to get Daryl Schroeder, I mean, Dennis Schroeder, acquire him. He's not a great point guard, but he can give you more offensive output than Ben Simmons. He can, he's good. He's got exactly what Ben Simmons doesn't have. Exactly. He's got that ability to like, you know, shoot off the mid-range, especially around the elbow and stuff. And he's an excellent and free uh free throw shooter as exactly. well. So. And he's aggressive. He'll give you at least 12 points. The best thing that the Sixers did in free agency was pick up Seth Curry. That because that's exactly what they need. They needed a three-point shooter. They knew Ben Simmons wasn't gonna do it. And so they got Seth Curry, which is exactly what they needed. Even though he's somewhat of a defensive liability, he still give you kind of give you some hustle, but Okay, so I would get uh, Dennis Schroeder, try to package him and maybe Dennis for, this is if he would have asked for a trade, uh, but I was telling you earlier, Damian Lillard. We know he's kind of like, he's uncertain about his future in Portland. Now, the only thing Portland is lacking is defense. They're, they have hustle defense, but they're just bad defenders. Like, There's no reason they should have lost that series. Having all the off- offensive 
offensive power that they had, but they just they're just bad defenders. And so you bring in somebody like Ben Simmons, you don't have to play him at the point. You can put Dennis Schroeder there at the point, and you can put Ben Simmons almost anywhere on the court. Mm-hmm. You can put him at the um, you're not gonna put him at the two, obviously because CJ McCullum, uh, the three, the four. The, if you want to run small, you can run the five. He's that athletic, and he can do just about anything you need him to do as long as he's around the goal. He can rebound. He can he can pass. He can defend. You know what I mean? So the only thing Ben Simmons lacks is aggressiveness. Like he's literally a smaller – he's a smaller uh, – I'll tell you, he's a smaller Giannis, right? Mm-hmm. They don't really have any outside game. They have no real bag of tricks. But the only difference between Giannis and Ben Simmons, Giannis is aggressive. And he'll get he'll make something happen, right? That's it. And so if I was put put together any kind of trade, it would you need to do whatever you can because you need more offensive output. You need somebody who can do it from the outside. What's his name? Seth Curry is good for maybe like 25, 20 a game on average. Yeah, on, he, on his best days. On a, you know what I mean? On a on a great day, he's good for 35 like he was in the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? If you just get just a little bit more. And somebody clutch a close a real closer like Damian Lillard, yeah. This I mean I'm not saying that can get you a championship, but it can it can get you out the East if the Celtics don't find a big man. They keep Tristan Thompson. You know what I mean? Then yeah, you can come out the East. They just got Al Horford. Oh, they did they, get they, Al. Yeah, they, they traded did, uh, they with the Thunder Al. to get him back. Yeah, yeah, they did get Al Horford. Thunder back. found a way to finagle a first round pick out of that too. So hey, hey, kudos to them kudos. and all their million draft picks they got over the next handful of years, bro. Right. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like uh, I saw that they have five picks in the first, like, 37 or 38 picks in this, uh, the, in this draft. The Celtics? No, no, the Thunder. The Thunder. Yeah, because uh, they have the sixth pick, and then, um, man, bro, like, they've made so many trades. they got a bunch of uh, other people's picks. and But, you know, the way the NBA trades go, it's like, yeah. oh, well, if they land in this spot, then, you know, like, the, this team keeps it, and, you know, there's swaps here and there. So Yeah, it's weird, because um, I, I know they got Kimba now. Uh, Kimball Walker from the uh, Celtics, and now I don't. The Thunder are going to be kind of mucking about the the West for a little while because they have nothing to build on. They definitely got, um, I think, uh, SGA. You know, uh, Shea Gilligas Alexander. I think uh, he, uh, yeah, he, he he's definitely a walking bucket. I feel like he's going to be the building block for the Thunder. So you think they're going to try to build around him for like the future? And uh, I mean, they should. They literally have no nothing. other promise. I mean, really. <laughs> very yeah, true. I mean, they have a Dort. I will say that he he's developed um, he's developed some a pretty good shot. But man, on defense, that dude is a pest. He is what Patrick Beverly thinks he is. <laughs> Sensational. <laughs> Patrick Beverly. I'm gonna go ahead and say this. Patrick Beverly is like he doesn't play like that great of on ball defense like he still be getting buckets put on him but he just is like just the pest off ball and you know he'll sit there and get in your ear and jaw at you all game but yeah he he is uh definitely not as a uh, good uh, he tricks a lot of people into thinking he plays a lot more defense than he does just because you know the camera gets on him you know in between on an inbound or something he's in yeah. there clapping in somebody's face you know getting up in a all up in their grill like um no edge up man he looks like a wild man out there yeah yeah he definitely need to go see my man Mr. Wayne at a uh, exclusive barbershop I did <laughs> But yeah, so okay, Patrick Beverly with the Clippers. Him, uh, speaking of defenders who don't really do much, right? What did you think about? Uh, I don't know if you heard. Um, it was I keep wanting to say Stephen. Uh, his name was Stephen Jackson. There we go. He said something about um, PJ Tucker. 
back when he was playing the defense on KD uh, during that series and saying that people tout him as like a great defender, but he's really out there playing football. Like he gets away with so many calls. He playing bully ball, not basketball. <laughs> exactly, right? And so I think the people a lot of people said the same thing about okay, yeah. people said the same thing about Beverly that he I think Westbrook said the same thing back when he had uh, towards ACL when uh, Beverly like hit his knee in a mm-hmm. game a while back. Said Pat Beverly's obviously a pretty well known pain in the butt. How do you think? Uh, what do you think of his matchup with James tonight and kind of the way James dealt with his tactics? You talking about James? What, 44, 47? 47. Uh, Pat Bev trick y'all, man. Like he played defense. He don't guard nobody, man. Just running around doing nothing. <laughs> Beverly really fooling y'all. Like he, all he do is run around the court. You know? Yeah, he doesn't really like. He's not a lockdown defender at all. But yeah, Patrick Beverly. He, um, I'm not sure how much longer he has left in this league. Honestly, like the, these playoff minutes, I'm like kind of surprised that he keeps getting it because like Reggie Jackson is is stepped up a, a good bit. I mean, besides, I don't remember what game it was. I think it was like two games ago. That dude was just absolutely broke. But you know, when you're when you got a seven foot wingspan at guard, like. Him and Cameron Payne. This is the mm. thing I wanted to bring up. So you were just talking about Russell Westbrook. Mm. So Russell Westbrook's backup point guards through the duration of yes. him being on the Thunder. Yes. Both of them are, are playing against each other in the Western Conference Finals right now. And, um, man, Cameron Payne, that dude has bro, been hooping. Bro, Cameron Payne, I, when, whenever he left the Thunder, I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, that kind of sucks. You know, I used to, I used to use uh, him on, on 2K a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Thunder fan, so, you know, I like to run a little, you know, a uh, little My League with them. Wouldn't that hit the same guy Westbrook used to do all little dances with? Yep, the, yep. Yeah. They always had that the handshakes him. and everything. Yeah. Yep, that was him. So, yeah, he, um, bro, he has played so good. I'm trying to bring up the stats right now, real quick. Yeah, he had 29. Uh, last game versus the Clippers. And then, you know, before that, he had um, a modest 11, but he had nine assists. So that goes back to kind of what we were saying at the beginning about Chris Paul and his leadership and everything. Like, he made Cameron Payne go from just like your, I don't even want to call him like your average, like, backup point guard. Like, he, bro, he he basically had no name to him. And now he's stepped up in the biggest stage that he's ever played in. And dude's out here putting up career highs almost every night, you know, whether it be assists or, you know, points and this and that. Like, he he's running their offense and he he's stepping up and up playing good in CP3's uh, missing shoes right now. No, face, bro. He almost has, like, real trade stock now. Like, almost like the same thing we saw with um, Terry Rozier back when he was with the Celtics. Like, we saw him balled in the playoffs and then it kind of, he became, like, a sought after starter, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for the different teams, so yeah, scary Terry, yeah, that he's dangerous too. Because out, out in Charlotte, yes. him and Lamelo, if they can keep that together, yeah, they, they got a nice little squad. Same thing with uh, matter of fact. Speaking of another uh, backup for Chris Paul, um, Eric Bledsoe used to back him up at the Clippers, and then he became a starter. Yep, and so. <laughs> There is not enough said about. I mean, a lot of people say it, but there is. We need to talk about it even more. Chris Paul develops players under him. Yeah, like, and it's not even like. Sometimes we see with different starters that they don't really interact with their backups because you know you never know how season's going to go and mm-hmm. players might move on. They become the new starter and things like that. But it's not even like that. Chris Paul is geared for winning, so he develops everybody around him and prepares them for any given situation. Except in Houston. <laughs> but that wasn't his fault, you know. That wasn't his that, fault. That whole team just dismantled. Yeah, that wasn't his fault. His hamstring gave up, but, you know. <sighs> what does Chris Paul have to do to be healthy, to, to be okay in the playoffs? What sacrifice does he have to make to the basketball gods? I, to, I, I think like, you got to get on whatever LeBron's on, that what? whole spending a million dollars on, you know, 
treating your body and stuff and everything. He uh, he needs to stop shooting so many State Farm commercials, maybe. Uh, the State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> like a good neighbor. Oh, we had a commercial? <laughs> but, um, but also, the last person we want to talk about in the playoffs is Trey Young, right? Oh, yeah, Trey Young. That young man has been hooping. Bro, a baller. Like, okay. Also, another note, uh, point I wanted to make about just these playoffs was that I'm glad it's not like a lot of these big super teams that a lot of these, I want to say smaller franchises, but, you know, not necessarily like the ones that immediately, immediately gravitate to, right? Yeah, not not the premier teams. Yeah. yeah, not the Lakers, not the Celtics. The This is the first time, I think, since... I want to say 2006 mm-hmm. that the finals have not had Kobe, LeBron, or Steph in it. And then since 2010, it's just been uh, Curry and uh, LeBron. This is the first time without them. Like, this is something that some people have never seen. Yeah. Younger sports fans have literally never seen. And for us, it's something that we just grew so accustomed to. And yeah. now the modern-day media, like, that's just what they're so used to. Is like, all right, yeah, we're going to have LeBron in there. If not, you know, it's probably going to be Curry if they're not going against each other. So... It's just good for the league. It's like it's like refreshing. Like I'm it's, not sure if the ratings are you know through the roof or anything like that, but I th- it's just a nice you know refresher. Facts, not man. It's bringing a lot of attention to these younger guys. Like they getting yeah. who was watching the, the Phoenix Suns during the regular season? Not many people. Then, they 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 kind of like they it, didn't like sneak their way into that second mm-hmm. seed, but like they like were overlooked the whole yeah, year. The whole year. And it's crazy because, like, that, that CP3 effect, like, when he went to the Rockets, like, he was the next piece to help them, to help push them. And, you know, Same whether whether OKC. they would have won game seven or not, you know, that's, you know, only God knows that. But, like you just said, when he went to OKC. Made him a playoff team. Bro, I really thought that the Thunder were about to be, you know, in contention for, you know, the first overall pick, you know, try, trying to win the lottery. Thanks. Took them to the playoffs. And then they competed with um, the Rockets in the first round. Yeah. Barely. Then we go seven? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bro. Chris Paul took a seven almost single-handedly, the Rockets. A young, young team at, it, at that. Like, he, he he led a young Thunder team up against the Rockets. And, like, I, I wonder how much um, CP3 had an effect on uh, Dort's uh, development. Because, like, Dort throughout the season, I feel like he's got progressively better and better and better. And, like, he he wanted to, to check James Harden. Yeah. Like, I know at the end of the game, like, it, it – it wasn't his fault, but like that he was playing some defense and he hit the ball out of bounds out of like James Harden hand, and that was kind of like the, the the closer, you know. But he, not enough is said about CP3. That, not enough. I just, I'm just gonna leave it there. And like, okay, the last thing I, I did want to say about it, like, you don't see a lot of these teams in prime time games. Like, you just don't see them. Like a lot of these, like the Phoenix Suns. I mean, of course, you might catch the Clippers, but um, who I forgot the Hawks. Yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks, like Milwaukee, like you seeing teams like this, like get some shine. Trey Young getting some shine, uh, Devin Booker get some shine. You know what I mean? So, I think it's great for the younger talent and just people being them being exposed to new viewers. You know what I mean? Like say, the league is going to be in good hands. Cause a lot of people I know they think, oh, when LeBron retires, what's going to be the NBA? When Steph retires, what's going to be the what the NBA is going to look like? The league is in good hands. You oh, have absolutely. You have Jason Tatum. You have Trey Young. You have Luca. Uh, Luca. Like I was talking about this with somebody. I am so surprised that Joker won the MVP before Luca did. Like, but that's a whole nother. Sh- that's a whole nother show. But um, guys like that, like it's it's in it's in, it's in good hands, man. It'll be okay. Uh, but look, that'll be do it for our first segment of the break room. 
uh, follow us on Twitter at the Break Room H O U. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the Podcast. Follow Evan Schumann. He's gonna shout out his Twitter and Instagram to you. Yeah, yeah. My uh, Twitter is Evan Schumard TV. That's S H U M A R D. I know my last name a little complicated. And then my Twitter is Evan One Eight. That's E V A N. The number zero N E, and then the number eight. All right, check him out. Check us out. Give us a follow, and we'll holler back at you in a few minutes, man. And we are back in the break room. Uh, hey, yeah, bro. Like I was just saying, like I was trying to reach up and grab the mic so we can come back from break. But my arm, kind of, I just got vaccinated. Yeah, this my arm kind of tight, man. Like, yeah, like I still, I still got the bandaid on too. Like, <laughs> I think I'm an arm feeling all tough. But hey, okay. So look, we gonna spin the block on Trey, um, Trey Young. Oh, we got to. Hey, go on, go and read him up. Cause hey, look. So the Hawks just finished the game with the Celtics. The Bucks. The Bucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Bucks. So 116-113 was your final. Atlanta taking the dub over Milwaukee. But this young man, Trey Young, had 47 and 11. Along with seven rebounds, too. That dude's filling out the stat sheet. Like oh. Trey Young is the truth. That dude is built for these moments. And it's crazy because everybody wanna wanna act like he was so undersized and want to make fun of him because he's balding at the age of twenty two or whatever. He gets buckets. And that <laughs> he is balding just, just like Uncle Drew said, the game is all about buckets. Bro, he says he is balding at the age of twenty two. The next curry. Yeah, he he's definitely the this this like coming up generations like the the future of the NBA. He's definitely the the Steph Curry of this generation. He doesn't shoot as well like percentage wise, like uh, as, as Steph, but he, he still hits though. Oh yeah, sure. definitely. All right, so yeah, we did have to just spin the block on Trey for a minute, but okay. Right then, right now, for right at this moment, this second, we're going into the Astros. So the Astros just won ten straight. They just played today against the Orioles, and what was the score for that game? Oh, 13 nothing. Hey, yo, what the fuck? Jose Altuve went yard, had two RBIs right there. You know, everybody else was just filling out the stat sheet. Like, it's crazy. Toro had four RBIs. You know, Correa had, you know, two RBIs. He went, you know, two of four. Like, they're just on a hot streak right now. You know, they're they're approaching the best uh, record in the whole MLB. They got the best record in the AL because um, the Tampa Bay Rays have been on a disgusting losing Spiral. streak themselves. Yeah, they they well, they lost I think six straight, might be seven now. But they are they're headed in the wrong direction. But yeah, the Astros. You know, hey, for everybody who wanted to talk about you know their cheating scandal and everything, you know, everybody's paying closer attention to that more than ever, and they're still managing to put up buku runs, even though you know it was against the Orioles. One of the worst teams in the the league, but not you yeah, know here nor there. You know, a dub yeah. is a dub, exactly. <laughs> All right, so but uh, one thing we want to talk about just the MLB is that the if you heard the MLB is cracking down on the rules about uh, foreign substances um, that pitchers are having on their head, uh, belt, uh, things like uh, rubbing in soil, rosin, uh, paraffin. Licor- licorice? Licorice? <laughs> That's licorice. I licorice. Think. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, licorice. Okay. You know, I don't think I've ever seen licorice spelled out before. I, me neither. Like, I, did you eat licorice? You know, I've had some Twizzlers in my day, but okay. like, Tw- black licorice is disgusting. I would not touch that. I've but never had it. Like, uh, Twizzlers are like, meh. I, I've had Twizzlers before, yeah. but like, I, I never like. Licorice? Never, what, I, who was using licorice to throw a, a, 
a, a sharper curveball. What? That's weird, man. I don't that, that, see. I don't know, man. But yeah, like all the soil and like resin and stuff like that. Yeah, I can see that. But, okay, yes. But, but, Sandpaper, uh, emery paper, and then it says other foreign substances. So, I uh, said intentionally discolor or damage the ball by rubbing it. Like, okay. So yeah, that's yeah. The they're thing. just trying to get some more break on the ball. You know it. I think that. The rule itself is a good idea, but how they've already been implementing it, just like literally a week into it, has been just god-awful. It's crazy. Okay, so the one thing about baseball, the, the biggest problem was pace of the game. And so that the pace of the game is already slow. That's why a lot of people sometimes don't watch it unless they're at the game. Mm-hmm. So... It almost feels like a chore to watch a whole game instead exactly. of just like being intrigued and like your eyes glued to the TV. Because on Wednesday night, we had two pitchers. Go out and, you know, just have throw little temper tantrums. You know, Max Scherzer of the Nationals, he and the Phillies manager. I am uh, blanking on his name right now. But um, Joe Girardi, there we go. Yeah, he, um, they, they had kind of got into it. Like he had called, uh, Girardi called over the umpires to tell him to go check him, like right after the inning. And Max, like, took off his hat, was like flailing around. They were jawing off at each other and stuff. And it ended up getting the Phillies manager ejected, actually. And then later on that night out on the West Coast, Sergio Romo for the A's, he completely took off his belt and dropped his pants down to his knees and was like, <laughs> look, I'm clean, dude. Like, Y'all just can't hit me. Like, I think it's just, I think it's heinous. I, I think there's no reason, like, if you're going to do it at the beginning of the inning or as soon as, like, a relief pitcher comes in, cool. But like you said, the main problem with the MLB and the way baseball is trending is the fact that people are just upset with the pace. It's yeah. too slow. No one wants to sit there for four hours and watch a game. Like, people are taking so long in between pitches. This is just going to, you know, the the process could be so so simple, you know, take 10, 15 seconds to check it out, but then you're going to have these type of, you know, moments in the middle of games where people are going to be throwing temper tantrums and, you know, the managers can, you know, tell the umpire, hey, go check him, go check him, you know, whenever they want. I think they need to set some sort of limit on it. Like, all right, you know, each pitcher, you can only check him twice. Like, obviously, like, if you check him when he comes out, He's good. And then maybe if, you know, he's throwing some disgusting heat, you know, having people, you know, on their knees swinging, you know, maybe check him out after that. But no more than that because it's just ridiculous. We'll see how long they keep this up because I'm thinking it's almost like how some places are treating COVID nowadays. Like, okay, so you know how gyms are doing now or restaurants like – they say that they'll have on a mask, but at the same time, like, as time kind of goes on, they don't really care anymore. You know what I mean? It's kind of getting to the point like, okay, you know, we said it a few times, and hopefully, you know, you just bring it or whatever, you know, go. If, if you don't have your mask, just hurry up and go get your stuff. You know, it's, it's kind of becoming like that. It's I think it's almost to the point to where, or they're trying to do it like this. We're going to annoy you to the point to where you just do it. I um, mean, we're not gonna continue to check forever because they know they ha- somebody has to know that pace of game is is a constant complaint with baseball, mm-hmm. and so that I feel like it might just be just a temporary thing. They're gonna keep this up for a while until they feel like okay, I think we've annoyed everybody enough. There have been enough instances to where people are aren't just are just not gonna do it anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, you would you would hope that the MLB finds a way to. Uh just make it just more smooth. I mean, the rule itself, like I said, it, it is not a horrible rule. Just the way that it's being implemented, you know, not even a weekend totally because it started off on Monday. We're recording this here on a Wednesday. People are already, you know, having fits and stuff. So I, I feel like they just need to find a better way to uh, implement it. Yeah, definitely. And so that being said, we're going to come. We're going to take a quick break. 
Follow us on The Break Room, H-O-U on Twitter. Thebreakroom.podcast on Instagram. Three dot the last king on my Twitter. Hey, so shout out to everybody. Yeah, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, too. That's Evan Schumar TV. Trying to grow my my sports media page out here. Oh, yeah. And um, if you haven't, um, obviously, if you listen to this, you know what the podcasts are. But also, if you want to refer to a friend and you don't, they don't have uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, it's a whole it's a whole bunch of other apps that we're on. But also, you can find us on Facebook at The Break Room Podcast. All of our podcasts are posted there as well. So, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with you in a few minutes. I'd like to welcome everybody back to the break room. We're going to get into some NFL talk over here, and we're going to start off with the big breaking news of the week, and that is the Raiders defensive end Carl Nasbitt coming out as gay. What do you think about that, Charles? Uh, I think about the last defensive guy that came out as gay. Um, they're usually pretty successful in college. Uh, they usually put some pretty damn good players. Like. Yeah, uh, I was doing a little bit of research earlier, and I came across something that I found kind of uh, ironic. So Michael Sam was the uh, all, uh, what was he, the defensive uh, player of the, the year in the SEC. SEC. And then yeah. in 2015, Carl Nasbitt um, was the Big Ten defensive player of the year coming out of Penn State. So, hey, you know, a little bit of uh, common ground there on that oh, one. Hey. So, hey. Hey. <laughs> So okay, so does being the player of the year in your conference does that give you like I, I, I don't know like because th- that correlation is too you know the the law of probability is like if it if something <laughs> occurs three times then it's probably a true thing right well. We're only one away then. So yeah, only one away. Uh, unless there's something we don't know or something coming up in the future, then hey, hey you know, I, just saying, I, I can't take that one off the table. I'm saying if we get this a third time, like a player, a defensive player of the year in a conference and they come out as gay, I think, you know, hey, hey, you know what I mean? I, I, some, somebody might go on to something. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I think I'm you need to get you a little research team together and, you know, start start narrowing it down. Hey, I'm just. Find some candidates. I might do it. I ain't going to. Hey. Hire me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, us being both, you know, former football players, what, what do you think that does for the locker room? Because, um, you know, the the players are going to be getting questions about this all throughout training camp. And, you know, for those who don't know about Carl Nasbitt, he was like a rotational defensive end. You know, he wasn't, you know, the premier pass rusher. He wasn't, you know, not that the Raiders have any type of pass rush to begin right. with. But he only had like two and a half sacks in 2020. Um, and a rumor I've been seeing on Twitter, I want to get your opinion on this as well, is that, you know, he's like, John Gruden, you know, is willing to cut anybody at any moment. Like, that dude obviously does not care. He got rid of, you know, three-fifths of his offensive line, like, in a two-day span this offseason. He got rid of Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper without hesitation. Do you think that this was maybe his way of, like, trying to save face and stay on the roster? Hmm. Because, you know, if if the Raiders cut him, they would get so much backlash. So much heat. They get so much heat. Hmm. I'm not sure. Which one do you want me to answer first? What John Gruden would do, or how does it affect the locker room? 
g- give me how it affects the locker room first. Okay, how it affects the locker room. Because that could tailor into the decision that the Raiders make. Like, if it's too big of a distraction in the locker room, then obviously you won't want that. Okay. I think, of course, it would give a lot of heat to, uh, I don't, don't want to say heat, not bad energy, but it, a lot of people get a lot of questions about it, you know, unwanted. You know, it's like, cause I think a lot of guys would just approach it like, yeah, it's okay. You know, he's been on the team for a while. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, he's gay. That's kind of his business. They're not gay with him. So, you know, they're, they're, or they're not, inter, you know, on that level with him. You know, they're not any kind of. Yeah, they already had like a pre-established relationship. A, Unlike Michael Sand, when he came into the locker room, it's like, oh, yeah, there's that new gay guy. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, these are all, all these guys are co-workers. They work together. That's that's kind of just the end of their relationship right there. It's kind of is what it is. Somebody's I'm pretty sure everybody has worked with somebody gay. And that's what it, that's all it is. I work with somebody gay, you know. So uh, I think that's how a lot of the guys would see it. As far as the the media itself will make it more of a distraction than the players, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and like you said, if they were to get rid of him, that would make it even more so than what it already could potentially be, and what you know what it is right now. So I think that's that, that that's just what it is. I don't think it's doing too much to the locker room as of right now because it'd be different like if it was like Michael Sam he was coming out he was coming in and already had came out as gay but he's gay right now he's he's just now coming out and he's already been a part of the team uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I'm lost at the whole uh, you, you had me dead at the whole he had coming in and coming out one that, that part you, you, you had me right there I'm not gonna lie <laughs> what oh all right. Uh, anyways, back to Carl Nasbitt. Um, yeah, I feel like I pretty much agree with you. I feel like since that he already was there and they already had a, like a pre-established relationship, they know what he's like. John Gruden even uh, came out. Uh, he had a little quote talking about like you know, yeah. So like John Gruden came out with uh, some support for uh, Nasbitt and said, "What makes a man different is what makes him great." So I guess that's a. Uh, a step in the right direction for him, the fact that, you know, his head coach already coming out and publicly, um, you know, having his back there. Mm-hmm. I feel like that'll help his chances. But the Raiders, you know, I think, you know, them having an openly gay player is probably the least of their priorities. They still mm-hmm. have a football organization that has not been, you know. Worth anything. Yeah, I'll say, I was going to say, you know, meeting their, their expectations, you know, the black hole, you know, going into a new city, going into Vegas, you know, they, they have – they have to go out on the football field and still perform at the end of the day. You know, all the stuff that happens in the locker room, behind the scenes on ESPN, NFL Network, none of that really matters once you strap it up and get into the white lines. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And also, one thing we need to remember, um, not just remember, but keep an eye on, let's see what happens to this, but after a while, after this all kind of dies down. You know, something with Michael Sam, yeah, he played in a, uh, what, a preseason game, I think I remember, and... Yeah, he had a couple sacks in the preseason too, and a lot of people were like genuinely surprised that they cut him. Yeah, and, and it all, they all got the backlash because it's like, all right, his play on the field was, you know, it was fine. It was yeah, it was it up was to standard, standard, you know. So, and so, like I say, that one, not too much time was wasted. It's kind of like after the the noise of it kind of died down a little little bit. He was kind of edged out the door. So let's see that. Let's keep watch on Nesbitt and make sure like the same thing doesn't happen. Like once people are, heads are turned. Let's see what happens then. His jersey was uh, on Monday and Tuesday because he came out on Monday. He had the highest selling jersey for two straight days. So uh, hey, you know, is this good, a, good for him? Is this still a problem? Also, mm-hmm. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That, and, and he donated like a hundred thousand dollars to um one of the LGBTQ. 
the LGBTQ community, um, a suicide prevention um, organization they have. He donated a lot of money from them, and apparently, like they're um, they're 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 uh, getting a lot more donations. I think it's up about fifty percent. They said so. I mean, that's good for him. You know, it they're is. actually making a, a a real change out there. And to a, a worthy cause, like serious cause. So mm-hmm. no, that's shout out to him for that, man. So speaking of other things that are, you know, going viral and everything, you saw what uh, Tom Brady had to say about his free agency. TB12. Uh, yeah. Okay. So what was on the barbershop, uh, LeBron James show? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll try to get the audio clip for you guys. Teams, and they weren't interested at the very end. I was thinking, you're sticking with that mother. <laughs> but he went on to say something like, uh, what do you say? Um, during his free agency when he uh, was leaving the Patriots. He said that, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, oh, that motherfucker, you guys are sticking with that guy? Yeah, yeah. So his uh, exact words were, at the very end, there was one team that was interested, and I was thinking, oh, excuse me, I messed it up. One of the teams, they weren't interested at the very end, and he said, you're sticking with that motherfucker? Yeah, so, and then he goes on to win the Super Bowl and takes a team to their home field at the Super Bowl for the very first time in NFL history. What team do you think he was talking about? I don't, uh, okay, okay. It was like three teams I was interested in. When they like the, um, the, was it the Chargers was one. Yeah, the Chargers, the, the Raiders, Rangers. and the 49ers, I believe, were about the, the, the three front runners. My, if I had to place a bet, I kind of feel like it was the Raiders. Think so? Because, you know, like I said, that we were just talking about with, uh, you know, them before in the previous uh, topic with uh, Carl Nasbitt was that, you know, they're coming into a new city. Yeah. Like, it's Vegas and everything, and his wife, you got to remember that. His wife, he got a supermodel wife. Very she don't want to stay living up in the, you know, New England area up in Boston and stuff. It's too cold for that. She want to go live in a better environment, you know. She can go make a lot of money on Las Vegas. I mean, I also think she could do the same thing in San Francisco, but I just feel like the Chargers were um, off the board is because I feel like most people, if you, like, paid attention to football and, you know, you're uh, in, in, intrigued by the draft, then you knew that they were going to draft a quarterback and yeah. it was probably going to be Justin Herbert. So, you know, for an organization in the Chargers position to be able to draft a franchise quarterback versus getting, you know, a aging, and as air quotes there, mm-hmm. you know, Tom Brady, I feel like the, that was that was their thought process. They're going to rock with the, with Justin Herbert. So, yeah, I, I would put my money on that was the Raiders. So you think it was the Raiders? Okay. And how funny is that uh, San Francisco was in there and that's his backup, Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. Nah, you sticking with this motherfucker? <laughs> like- if it was the 49ers, who I would say would be my second option, I think that, you know. That's hilarious. I, we already knew that Jimmy G, I mean, excuse me, Tom Brady had some, you know, bad rapport for Jimmy G because he basically was like, look, you he got to go. As soon yeah. as he came back, because Tom Brady at the time wasn't playing his best football. You know, people, that was when people were really saying like, oh, there it is. There's the final decline. You know, this is it for Tom. And then he got hurt. Oh, not, not hurt. He got suspended. And then, you know, Jimmy G came in, played real good, got hurt. And then, you know... Jacoby Brissett came in, and so I feel like that that honestly helped because, you know, Tom might have been out of New England even sooner had Jimmy G, you know, stayed there and continued to play the way he did. Yeah, that's very true. That's that's a note that we people need to remember, actually. Um, but, yeah, that's <laughs> – I, I would go with Jimmy G. I think it was San Francisco because uh, he did kind of ship him out of there really quickly and left New England with no backup, and now they're kind of like – what are they doing for – I mean, well, they have Mac Jones and uh, – Cam- Side note, we didn't even plan for this one, but who do you think going to start, Mac Jones or Cam Newton? Oh, Cam Newton. Think so? Yeah. I, there, there's no reason to start Mac Jones right now anyway. Really? Like, why not get 
what you can out of Cam and that different type of offense that you can run while Cam's healthy. I 100% believe that Cam is going to get hurt or unfortunately benched or something. I love Cam, but man, something has always happening every year. You know what I'm saying? Mac Jones is going to play football this year, but to take that offense that they run with Cam versus the offense they'll be running with Mac Jones, it'll be different. So it'll be, you know, some people will have to, you know, game plan for two different schemes possibly Um, because, you know, Cam isn't the most accurate thrower. I mean, we all know this. He he has a he has a cannon for an arm. He he can sling it hard. He can sling it far, but he might not be in the right spot. You know. Yeah. So I feel like Cam Newton's gonna gonna be starting Week One up until he basically gets hurt. Okay. See, uh, I feel about when I'm a Cam Newton fan. Like I I support the guy. I really want him to win. The only the, the thing that scares me about his situation is that the very moment. The immediate second he gets benched for Mac Jones is the end of his career as a starting quarterback. He will never see another starting position ever again. And that's the only thing that kind of scares me about it because Cam Cam brings like flavor to your team. Like he brings Oh yeah. Flavor, you know what I mean? Big it, facts. Cam is a Cam is really a breath of fresh air. He he's a he's a workhorse. Cam will do his best to what needs to be done. Like now, that's always question. Like, okay, what is effort to execution? You know what I mean. Who cares about your effort if you can't execute? Mm-hmm. But sometimes, like we've seen with other quarterbacks, they don't do either. It feels like they don't do either. I know I'm bringing up the, the past. He said he's been out of the league for a while, but Jay Cutler, you know what I mean, is as one. But um, yeah, especially when he was in Chicago, he was very, very productive. But that dude looked like he did not want to be there. Exactly. So every every single Sunday, this dude was able to throw to Brandon Marshall and a young Alshon Jeffrey, and he just didn't want to be there. He just hey, I could be doing other things like yeah, like you know, divorcing my wife. Yeah, divorcing my wife. <laughs> hey, you know, shout out to Jay Cutler for putting his foot down and you know trying to get some money out of that uh, out of the business that he helped his uh, wife run. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Man, step up, King. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought it was hilarious how all these uh, players and um, just people in, on Twitter, you know, all these verified accounts coming out there and be like, yeah, there you go, King. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. I was, I was with that, man. Okay, so going on with, uh, you said with uh, Jason Twyman. Oh, Jalen Twyman? Jalen Twyman, yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah, the rookie defensive tackle coming out of Pitt. Before we get into what happened with him, that dude sat out for a whole year and had a somehow had a, an amazing yet horrible combine. Excuse me, not combine pro day at the same time. He ended up beating Aaron Donald's record for forty bench press reps, which is Ridiculous. very very impressive. But he ran a five four forty, so his stock fell down, and then he ended up getting drafted in the uh, sixth round by Minnesota. So, you know, he's, you know, was in training camp. Uh, excuse me. He went to OTAs, did all that stuff, came home, went back to Washington, D.C. before the start of training camp, was with his family. Dude ended up getting shot four times, man. I thought that was absolutely crazy. I, I just remember seeing the headline is that, you know, like Vikings rookie defensive tackle, you know, shot four times while visiting home in Washington, D.C. I was like, yo, what? that's crazy. And, you know, they ended up describing it as him being at the wrong place, wrong time. And he was uh, he was shot in the arm, leg, the butt, and in his shoulder. And uh, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, came out and said that uh, it doesn't appear there's going to be any long-term injuries. And they f- fully expect him to play this season. So um, prayers up to that young man and I hope he uh, recovers. Yeah. He's got a bright career ahead of him for sure. Yeah, man, prayers up to him, man. Shot four times then. I mean, 
That kind of goes. 50 cent? Like, hey. Right. Many men. Many men. <laughs> wish death upon me. Blood in my eyes, dog, and I, I can't, can't see. see. I'm, hey, look, I'm going to make that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make that probably the exit song. I'm gonna make that exit song. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, we just go acapella for it. Right. <laughs> but yeah, um, that I, I want to get into something real quick about this. So NFL players, you know, when they go back home, I mean, of course, you, you're always gonna go back home eventually at some point. Yeah. You know, what kind of what happened with Marshawn Lattimore a couple months ago? He went home and he ended up, you know, back in Cleveland, got caught up with a um, a stolen firearm. Yeah, he's got that stuff. It is like sometimes. And I know a lot of these players come from, you know, totally different backgrounds. Some people come from, you know, millionaire homes already where their dad played in the league and they were sheltered. And some people come from, you know, bad environments. Mm -hmm. I feel like these players need to find find a better way to help their community while maintaining like their safety as well. Because at the end of the day, you cannot help your community if you're not there to do it. Exactly. And if you're not consistently cashing those NFL checks, how are you going to help your community? And I know that like it's a lot, you know, easier said than done. I don't know the the answer to that, but I just it, it it really crushes my heart to keep seeing you know players going you know back home or you know going out to clubs or this and that and you know bad things happening to them getting arrested or getting shot or you know if, whether you're a plaxical burst and you shoot yourself in the leg like you would just like to see um you just like to see a little bit more um big brain moves yeah yeah or if you're like uh, JPP, man, you have a firecracker and it blows up in your hand. Yeah. Losing what? I think it lost like two fingers. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Hey. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he, he going to find a, 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 one of his fingers to put that ring on. Man, hey. And look, I think they made like special gloves for him too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did see that. I yeah. Saw, like, I, I can't remember uh, what uh, what what gloves he was using, but I noticed that. I was like, oh, that's, like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, Move forward. So that's what we want to talk about was Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson moving on. Uh, okay, so early on, or towards the end of the season, into the end of this past season, he was kind of saying teams he would be happy happy with moving on to, um, and kind of making it seem like he kind of wanted to move on from the Seahawks and what it was about respect and this is that and the other. And yeah, he was very upset with getting hit. I know he went on the Dan Patrick show and was just. Just like man, I'm. I know that I got to be better. I can't hold on to the ball as much, and you know, I, you know, he he does a very good job of like sliding mm-hmm. and protecting himself. Mm-hmm. But you know, that nope. Seattle offensive line has has not Awful. been it. it. Besides Dwayne Brown, that that offensive line has Garbage. been been needed some help. You know, what I'm exactly. saying so. The fact that you know he's come out now, uh, they got a uh, Gabe Jackson mm-hmm. um, from from the Raiders. Yeah. We were talking about earlier, where you know John Gruden had no problem purging that offensive line. You know. Pretty much just the addition of him, Russ came out. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm happy with the moves they made. You know, they they, they heard me out. You know, I hate that I had to go public about it, but, you know, something had to get done, and it got done. So hopefully for them, you know, you got to keep Russ happy. You know, they don't call him Danger Russ for no reason, you man. Have to keep he Russ is definitely happy. the key to their success, especially with, you know, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and now the rookie they just drafted, Dwayne Eskridge. Like, they got some firepower on offense. Facts. And so with Russell, with Russell and uh, trying to kind of – kill those rumors and kill the noise about all that. What I was expecting earlier, right? I was expecting Russ to move and make the offseason just ridiculous because I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to move. I thought Russ was going to move. I thought Deshaun was going to move. I thought the, the quarterback carousel moves the whole league. Bro, like I thought I thought it was going to get crazy out here, right? Um, only reason I say that is to say with it kind of coming to a halt, right? The quarterback carousel that, you know, everybody was kind of expecting. Mm-hmm. 
is that it pushes the idea of that, okay, what we're seeing right now with Aaron Rodgers and how that's kind of getting kind of weird right now. Like, we're seeing that he's not showing up for OTAs. He's not doing this. He has been really present. Jordan Love is kind of saying he's ready for week one and things like that. Aaron Rodgers cannot take a single snap throughout this whole offseason, preseason, all that. And as long as he shows up for that first Sunday, they're going to be all right. But if he doesn't, they're going to be uh, contending for uh, a top five pick, I'm sure. Right. No, no disrespect to Jordan Love. It's just because we haven't seen it. We don't yeah, know. Yeah. And the last thing that we did see from Jordan Love was when he was at Utah State. He threw 17 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. Yeah. They just saw, like, his production wasn't there, but they saw this the talent, you know, the um, the tools that he had and everything, and they're trying to shape it. But, you know. Quote, unquote, we, we, intangibles. Yeah, exactly. Like, and we have no idea what he's learned from Aaron Rodgers in the last year as well So because we didn't see him take a snap. He was the, actually their third-string quarterback last year. He wasn't even Aaron Rodgers' backup. I so, wonder what he actually learned from Aaron Rodgers because in that interview, um, I clipped it on our last podcast, and I was saying that, or last episode, he was saying that he was ready for week one. He didn't really say anything about Aaron Rodgers, but the whole thing was about Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. not being present, right? And it just seemed like if you were friends with the guy, if you, had a, if you were a mentee of Aaron Rodgers, you kind of would and say some of these things that you were saying like but do you think Aaron Rodgers you know wanted wants to be a mentor or wanted to be one in general I, he was already upset with how they went about it in the first place exactly. by not by keeping him in the dark and not telling him mm. so he probably got there he's probably like dude you're on your own like it, no, exactly. even though you know Aaron Rodgers got you know great treatment for four years from Brett Favre yeah. you know one Hall of Famer to the next you know if you really cared about the organization you would think that he would be more inclined to help he's, Jordan exactly that's what I'm trying to get to So, but he wants to host seem, Jeopardy instead it, it doesn't seem like he the nice, he's the nicest guy you know what I mean or like want to even take on that you know quote unquote big brother role or yeah I think the persona role. that he's always pushed out I, I, I wouldn't expect him to do that yeah exactly so it, it seems like he's kind of I don't know. Like, it's a job. It's, it's just a job. I'm not really here to make friends. You know what I mean? I'm just here to do my job. I like what I do and to move forward and make my money. You know, that's kind of really, that's kind of what I'm really getting from him. Um, and just the comments that you're in love is made because it's like, if you were kind of cool with the guy, you wouldn't say, hey, I'm ready for week one. You would kind of, I think if I was you in love, if I was friends with Aaron Rodgers, I would say something like, um, yes, um, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been present, but um, in the event that he doesn't show up, I'll be ready week one. That's what I'm here to train for. But as currently, Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, it really sucks mm. for like these young players from like Jordan Love has yet to take a single NFL snap, and he's over here like getting QB one, you know, treatment and questions from the media because QB one's not there. Yeah. So like, I feel like that him and even like the, the Raiders players, you know, the, these PR teams for these NFL teams are going to have to like really sit down with these players and be like, all right, look, you're going to get asked these types of questions and everything, and you're going to have to be able to respond appropriately, like. <laughs> It's just a lot for these players right now. The fact that they get so many questions that don't pertain to Them what they do on the field. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's always like, oh, somebody's not here. What do you think about that? Oh, this person did this. What do you think about that? Not, hey, how do you feel? How, how How's learning a new system going for you or this and that? It's mm-hmm. always about, you know, it's always another thing besides actually playing football. Yeah. And, and look, so I'll be closing it. But next, the last thing we're going into is who's hot, who's not, man. Who you got? I like that it rhymed. Oh, yeah. Bars. Bars. <laughs> so who's hot? Devin Booker. Yeah, yes, sir. sir. Mr. 40-point triple dub game one of the yeah. Western Conference Finals. Yeah. 
That boy Devin Booker said, I'm going to go ahead and put the Suns on my back while CP3 is out. That's my candidate for who's hot. Okay. Now you want to hear who's not? Go ahead. Doc Rivers. Okay, so, okay. I had Doc Rivers too, but we both agreed on it. I'm letting him have it. So, Doc Rivers, go ahead. Yeah, Doc Rivers um, is out here. He might, me and my one friend were talking about this. He might just be phased out of this league. He, his coaching is obviously not working. He is tied for the longest um, game seven losing streak. He's lost his last four consecutive game sevens. That's that's the type of stuff that just doesn't keep you employed in the NBA. You you have to be able to win those games. And you know, I I, I understand that you know. Ben Simmons, as we talked about earlier, had uh, you know a lot to do with that, especially with his abysmal thirty-four percent from the free throw. Abysmal, like literally worse than Shaq. If you're shooting worse free throws than Shaq, then yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's gonna make it hard to win a game. And you're the point guard. It just can't. It, it, it can't be that way. It can't be when, that when, way. when your center can create a better shot for you and shoot better free throws than than your PG, the main guy who's toting the rock. Yeah, that, that that that's gonna be problematic in itself. But Doc Rivers, I feel like he he's always had good teams. I mean, with the Celtics, um, you know, they had that that big three, you yeah. know, and then he went to the Clippers. They had a big three, and he couldn't even get them to the to the conference finals. And then he comes out into the East now, or back into the East, I should say. And they got the, the, you know trust the process. You know, this is the process, and has the process actually worked? It has not. I, I would agree with you. I, w- I think the whole trust the process thing, it's like, all right, you went on this whole, you know, oh, yeah, we're grinding, we're progressing. You know, Joel B was hurt. And, you know, Ben Simmons was hurt his first year, then one rookie of the year, you know, later on in his second year, first year, whatever you want to call it. This is like a six, seven-year process, and they got – two Eastern Conference Finals appearances, but haven't been able to punch the ticket yet. So, And at the end of the day, the NBA is all about winning championships. Yeah, and even last time we was with the Clippers. like When he had a prime Chris Paul and prime Blake Griffin, two players who are playing in these these, uh, NBA uh, playoffs. Who, uh, when he with the uh, Clippers last year? Um, Doc? Yeah, Doc Rivers. Me coach Clippers last year? Yeah. 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 Um, talking about with um, Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah, that's PG. right. Yeah, I completely forgot. Yeah, yeah. he was still there last year. Yeah. E- even worse. And, like, yeah, even worse. <laughs> like, you got, it's like you were supposed to be the best team in L.A., you know. Back then. They, but it's <laughs> Allegedly. Like, his players folded on on, on, that, on that series. No, that's facts. Yeah, and like, cool. Pandemic P came out. Kawhi was, didn't even look like a top five anymore. Mm-mm. He looked like he was playing with that quad injury again. Right? Like, come on, man. It was – Doc has had a tough run. Like, we uh, we had a people's poll put up, and it was who has had the worst luck in the playoffs, Doc Rivers or Chris Paul. Chris Paul, all of his has been more so injury in the playoffs. When the world needed him most, you can almost call him, what, Avatar Roku? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that old uh, – uh, the Avatar from Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I actually just recently rewatched it. Oh, yeah. The best thing Nickelodeon ever put out. But um, when the world needed him most, he vanished. Chris Paul, that's him in the playoffs with the injuries. Doc Rivers is, I guess you almost said the same thing. When when he when you should win, when everything is heading to you on a silver platter, you can't convert. You know, like you said. Worst. Last time he did convert, he had, what, four Hall of Famers? <laughs> right? Three Hall of Famers? It has to be stacked like ridiculously in your favor to come out. And I can't say that I want Doc Rivers fired, but 
because it was Ben. I, you you want to put everything on Ben Simmons because it is a major thing. Mm-hmm. But so you leave, if you were too in, long. The, in the Sixers front office. And and basically, y'all you know, having a discussion, and it comes down to: Are we keeping Ben or are we keeping Doc? What are you doing? Oh man, uh, I personally don't have an answer for that right I now. I don't. I really don't. I would have to sit down and actually, I like, really, really like look at that. If because if if I'm Doc, there's no way you got you leave Ben in for that long. But at the same time, you needed him defensively. You had to have him on the court, but. Then you want to say, well, let me get rid of Ben. But who even wants Ben? Nobody wants him right now. Yeah, like Like, we said earlier, what even is his trade value? You can't get him for anybody. You have to package him with someone else or with some picks to get anything. To get anything. So it's that's a that's. I'm glad I'm not there. Yeah, that, that is a decision I do not want to make, and it is way above my pay grade right now. Exactly, man. It's so, like, yeah, Ben Simmons, he's been in the league since 2016. And his trade value is literally at an all-time low. And has not evolved. Like, I, I'm, I'm sharing a clip with you guys uh, about what Shaq said. That's all you can ask, right? That's all you can ask. They gave me a, uh, uh, what else, Shaq? What, I mean, what's wrong with that, Shaq? There, there won't be any more ping pong balls, but no. But yeah, what, what's wrong with that, Shaq? Why, what, what, what is incorrect about what he said? If I play game one and two, and I know I'm not helping my team out, what you think I'm gonna do in game three? Don't take you seven games to realize that. I don't want to hear that, man. I, I'm not going with that. So what? what I'm not, what should I'm he have said tonight? I like what he said, but if you like, you, you can't. Say, it, it don't take seven games for you to know you are not playing right. Get right. He can't, right. he can't. He can't. It's, it's, He's not getting double team. Get right. Be aggressive. That's all I want. Just be aggressive. I don't want to hear all that. Stop that. Cut it okay. out. The, Cut it out. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks knocking off the Philadelphia 76ers. One He's in my locker room. I would have knocked his ass out. To 96. <laughs> okay. You, well, you I, do what? I ain't laughing. What you mean, what? I'm- but the paraphrase, he was talking about um, the playoffs, and he said, um, what? If I was in a locker room, man, I'd whoop his ass. Like, so he said, I'd knock him out. I'd knock, <laughs> knock, knock his ass out. I Bro, believe that. <laughs> I believe that, man, because like, there's no way that you, you're not aggressive in a game seven in the fourth quarter. Taking no shots. No shots at that, all. That, just, that is where, like, that, that's how I know something is wrong with Ben Simmons. The fact that he, he has some sort of mental block. That, like, I remember he got a rebound. He could have... He like turned around. He could easily went back up, kicked it out. I'm like, dude, yeah, like, what was and, that? And those little things, like, when it's all said and done, like, you're missing out on like easy shots like that. It's, you know, four, five, six points. That, that, that's gonna make a difference yeah. in these playoffs. But yeah, man. And look, so look, that'll do it all for the break room episode, episode 17. Check us out on the break room, H O U on Twitter and the breakroom.podcast on Instagram. So um, follow us, subscribe to us on Apple Music, Spotify. Anywhere you get your podcast, uh, follow my boy Evan on go and start him to your socials. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. The Instagram is Evan18, that is E V A N, the number zero N E, and then the number eight. And then on Twitter, it's Evan Schumard, S H U M A R D T V. All right, man. Uh, we'll see you guys next week on the Break Room Podcast, man. Holler later, man. Take it easy. Appreciate you for having me. Death upon me, blood in my eye, dog, and I can't see. I'm trying to be what I'm destined to be, and trying to take my life away.